Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Hi there, Katie. Hi, Caroline. I'm so excited to have you here today. I am Caroline Homlish. I am the SVP of Direct-to-Consumer at Supergoop, and I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend, Katie Welch, who is the CMO at Rare Beauty. Welcome, Katie. Thanks, Caroline. This is so fun. When do you get a chance to chat with your one of your best friends like this? I know, on a podcast, no last. Look at that. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you go to school? All your schools. Tell me everything. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, And I went to school at Denison University in Ohio, which is a small liberal arts school. After Denison, there was a handful of East Coasters and I met a lot of friends and I sort of always wanted to live in New York City. And, but I'm grateful for some of my Denison friends because a bunch of us just moved to New York right after graduation. And had I not gone there, I don't know if I would have, if I would have ended up in New York post-graduation. Tell me about New York and how you got, you know, you're from St. Louis, go to school in the Midwest, you move to New York, and you're like, okay, now what do I do? How did you get started? I had an internship when I was at Denison the summer before my senior year. I applied and and got an internship, gratefully, with the Hearst Hearst Magazine's intern program. So I was an intern at Marie Claire Magazine, and that's when I really fell in love with sort of fashion and beauty. And I thought, this is a career. Oh my God, I had no idea this was a career path. How do I, how do I do this? And so that's sort of where I set my sights on figuring out how to get into how to get into the industry. And then when I was in my spring break of my senior year, I mean, you know, you're career focused. <laughs> Maybe someone should have stepped in at that point and said, hold up, time out. You got to chill. Just kidding. But I, I interviewed, took spring break with one of my college best friends who you know, Caroline, and, and I, we went back to New York and interviewed, and I interviewed for a bunch of jobs for after graduation. And one of the places that I interviewed was Macy's, the Macy's Buyer Training Program. And I was, I interviewed at a bunch of places, didn't get them. I didn't get the Bloomingdale's training program, but thank you, Macy's. I got the Macy's Buyer Training Program and was able to start that the week after graduation. So we graduated in May, and then I headed out to New York City and started working. So I'm not stopped since then, which was just like a year ago. No. That shows me up. I think I was in Monty spring break, <laughs> senior year. So good for you. Listen, would I change it? No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. No, and Macy's was great. So I was an English major and a theater minor. And I, not that I was an actress, but I really loved costume design. You know, Macy's was, was a great entry into sort of this industry because I didn't know anything. I didn't know Excel. I didn't know retail math. I didn't know any of the acronyms. And so it was a great training program to get my feet wet. It's an amazing training ground. And then what? I only stayed there for a little bit. First, I started in the Christmas trim department, which <laughs> I know. And I remember looking at all of the cosmetics buyers and I was like, how do I get into cosmetics? That's what I love. And everyone looked at me and they're like, mm, yeah. It's really competitive to get into cosmetics. <laughs> okay. So then I was put into luggage and frames. And so the like the glamour continued. But it doesn't matter. A product is a product. So you learn the sort of the basics. And as I was there, I thought, you know, I still really missed editorial. I loved, I really loved editorial. As the English major, I loved writing. I loved storytelling. And I thought, do I want to go back to magazines? 
And that's when I learned someone introduced to me and they said, you know, what? you should check out PR. And I didn't know what PR was. And they said, you can still sort of have, you work with brands, you're more on the business side, but you get to engage and interact with, with editorial so much. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And so I wanted to get into PR. I didn't know how, and I had some contacts at Victoria's Secret Beauty, and this was in 2000 or so. Yeah, it's like the height of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I interviewed there, and I and I wasn't able to get into the PR department, but I got into still in communications, but it was internal communications. It was in store communications. So I was the store communications coordinator. This job, there was an 800 number, and I got to clear off the voicemails from this 800 number of people from stores all over the U.S., you know, asking for more Paraglacé and Love Spell. But, you know, heads down, did I know that this was my path to chief marketing officer? Definitely not. But I think what it did tell me, what I did learn was I learned the beauty industry. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? And I was able to see all the different departments and what people did and make a lot of relationships and sort of, you know, really just was eyes opened and watched and observed. It's so important to, you know, when you're young in your career, and I've heard you give this advice, and I think it's so good is pick your head up and look around and watch what everyone else is doing, even if you're the one clearing out the voicemails, right? The voicemails. Yeah. I will say there's another person who had that same job after me, the store communications coordinator. And it's this woman, Ashley Stockton, who stayed at Victoria's Secret for a long time, and she was in their product development. But she has since gone on to found the company Sunday Forever. And she's just wonderful and amazing. And so I love that we both look back at that position and we're like, that's the job that launched us both. That's the job. Yeah, that's incredible. Eventually there was a PR position that opened up and I was able to interview and, and, and transition laterally. And that sort of was what kickstarted my, my PR career. So that was a, a big brand at the time. And I'm sure you learned a lot about brand. Oh my gosh. The Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. What a brand. I mean, I still think that brand a lot because, you know, I, I wonder sort of what else they could do today. So what next? You made some pivots in your career. So how did you make those choices? And what did you do after Victoria's Secret? After Victoria's Secret, and I remember looking around and there was one person in the PR team who had worked on the PR agency side. And I remember thinking, huh, this woman is bringing to, to the table a different skill set. Not that one was better than the other. It was just a different approach, a different way of thinking. And I thought, I, I, need to go to the, I need to go to the agency side. And I don't know why, but I just thought I needed to go to the agency side. So I just started to look at the agency side. And then from there, I, I went to a large agency, which I have spent, uh, I went actually three times in my career off and on to Weber Shandwick, which is one of the world's largest communications agencies. And that, when I look back at my career, my God, I'm the most grateful for my time at, at Weber Shandwick. It's, you know, when Macy's and Victoria's Secret sort of taught me the beauty industry or retail or sort of the basics, what Weber Shanwick taught me was storytelling and how to think, how creativity can move a brand forward, how big ideas can move a brand forward. Grateful to learn from Gail Hyman, who knows who is now the global CEO. She taught me things in a way, and all of the all of the the, the wonderful, incredible leaders at Weber. Not only you sort of learned by osmosis, you learned by watching. I learned by looking at the way they thought of a brand. And they thought of the sort of communications and how they how communications changed and impacted that business. And we I worked on brands from Unilever to Sonos to Amazon, Chobani. So it was really the a breadth of, of, of experience. And when you're at these large agencies, 
you kind of sit at the marketing table. So I was at these on these sort of, they call it the IAT, the interagency team. And I would sit alongside the ad agency and the creative agency and digital and shopper marketing. And you took together, you know, you'd be, you'd be briefed by the brand and then together as this IAT, you'd come up with the marketing plan. And I think that's really how I learned marketing and sort of go to market and storytelling. Yeah, that 360, right? Yeah, I wouldn't have known as you look back at your career and there's all these moments that taught you how it kind of how it works. As your friend and watching your career, it was really interesting to see your experience at Weber where you came in and went out and, you know, how you, how you evolved as a professional over that time and I you know, curious to hear also if you want to share sort of what you were doing in between to to grow. You were at Weber, then you left went somewhere, went back. How, how did you make those decisions? All right, let's think. Hold on. It's like I have to pull up my own LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what did I do? I have moved around a lot in my career. And I think each of those moves in my mind at the time was purposeful. So at one point, I worked for Jackie Trachtenberg for Trachtenberg PR. And this was in 2006. And you know, I've had the, the fortunate, the great experience to work for these incredibly bright, wonderful women. And you know, what I learned working at Trachtenberg was, again, more beauty industry, sort of the approach to beauty storytelling. And at that time, we were able to work together to to win the Burt's Bees business. And my experience at, at, at Trachtenberg and then working very closely at Burt's Bees, then I, I met Mike Endersky. And so Mike, Jackie, and I, we all worked closely to develop what was uh, Burt's Bees campaign for the natural standard. And so that was storytelling, again, as a way to sort of have a brand be a thought leader to move it forward. And so with Burt's Bees, that was an incredible experience. Like and when I look back at sort of, sort of game-changing moments in my career, I remember launching this campaign and seeing how it really differentiated Burt's Bees from the pack. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And you were really at the forefront of this trend, right? I mean, now everything's clean beauty and that was trailblazer and you got to work on that. That was the first of its time. I worked so closely with Mike at that. So then when Mike became the president of Bliss, he called me and said, hey, I'd love for you to join join the team. And it was because of that relationship. So then I, I left and, and I went and in between that, I went back to wherever she was because I honestly, I just, Gail is just so brilliant that every time she would call me, I would say, yep, sure. Okay. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> I will come back because I love the people there so much. And it was such a fulfilling experience just to, I'm a big learner. I'm a lifelong learner. So the more that I can learn from people, the, the more fulfilled I am. You know, and I've said, like, I think your career should be fulfilling, but not your fulfillment, which I think took me a long time to figure out. But when I think about sort of when I'm most fulfilling is when I'm around people from whom I can learn. That's kind of why I would always go back to Weber Shamwick because it was such a, a rich learning experience. But Bliss was amazing and Bliss was fun. And that was sort of, that was my first brand side marketing communications role. And at the time, you know, I, I've worked on these smaller brands that didn't have these massive budgets where communications had to be the marketing driver because that's how you break through and break through the noise to, to separate yourself from the pack. It was fun. I mean, and bliss, my God, at the time, it was 2010. I remember pinching myself. Like, I can't believe I got to work for bliss. Yeah, I remember the facials you used to, you know, tell me to go get. It was so fun. And the brownies and the triple oxygen facial. Oh, it was so great. What a dream job. And you can tell me which esthetician and which treatment. Oh God. And I used to get off the plane from London when I was living in Europe and go there and get my oxygen facial. Oh, I know. And I went to, what was it on Sloan Street? Sloan Street? Is that right? It was a, the Bliss Spa. Yeah. That's when we got to have business trips. So great. 
My marketing comms job at Bliss was, that was right at the start of social. And so I remember when we would do like all these Instagram campaigns and we were just really starting. You know, you know what, actually, I remember with Bliss, what was interesting, it was the, it was the start of influencer marketing. And I remember there was this woman, this influencer who talked about one of our products. She may have actually been a Brazilian influencer, but it impacted the U.S. sales, like unlike anything I had ever seen. And so here was something, again, it was sort of PR led, PR at its core, influencer marketing that impacted the business. And I thought, oh man, this is going to be something, you know, and the rest is history. My goodness, look at it today. Yeah. And you've done such a great job with it. I mean, tell us a little bit more about some of the other brands you went to, because they're so amazing and impressive. And when you think about sort of like the I don't want to say that it was a mistake because everything has purposefully led me to to where I am today. But, you know, I just, I again, I missed the people and I went back to Weber Shamwa because I love the people so much. And I got there and I thought, oh gosh, I think I sort of caught the brand bug. And I, and I liked, I can come up with ideas all day long. But then I think I realized, oh gosh, I like when those ideas can make a difference and make an impact. So I was at Weber and then I thought, oh, oh I got to go back to the brand side. And I just started to really look for brand side positions. And I remember interviewing everywhere and I couldn't, I couldn't do it because everyone just said, said to me, mm, you're just a PR person. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like communications is the future of marketing. Like this is it. And I had a really great phone interview with Carissa Janes of Hourglass Cosmetics. And I flew out to LA to interview with her. And I was living in New York at the time. And I remember I went to brunch with you <laughs> and this was 2015. And I said, I think, and I hadn't even met them in person, but I had this feeling and I said, I think I'm going to get this job. And I think you said, I think you are too. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to move to LA. And I was like, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) And I went out there and I just had, you know, so I met with Carissa Janes, the founder of Hourglass Cosmetics, who is, she is a brilliant visionary. And I had a wonderful conversation with her. She bet on me. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I'll forever be grateful to her for offering me the job. And, I, and then I got the job of head of marketing for, for Hourglass Cosmetics. And we did some really wonderful, amazing things. And I think what I've loved in my career is being able to be alongside founder-led brands. Because the, when you're on a founder-led brand, the, the, the key is you have to understand the founder's vision and how do you bring that vision to life. And it does harken back to sort of your comms and my comms and PR days, because it's still like, what's that ultimate story that you want to tell? And then how do you use these marketing vehicles to tell that story? And Carissa has had a brilliant vision, is a brilliant marketer, a brilliant product developer. You know, together we launched products like Vanish Foundation Stick, uh, Girl Lip Stilo, which was one of my favorite campaigns with Jenny Shimizu, Confession Lipstick Collection. It's an amazing time. Went through the acquisition to Unilever. I was promoted into chief marketing officer and just learned a ton. Had a blast. And you were really part of that rise of the indie brands. That happened again. We're at the forefront of that. That was when makeup was booming. Booming. Yep. I mean, it was 2015, 2016. And back to influencer marketing was on the like just at the forefront of how you marketed. And I think the brands, the indie brands, you didn't have the the advertising budget to compete with the big brands. And so to get the word out, you had to lean on influencer marketing in a way that could help you tell your brand story. And so you amplified your brand story through influencers. And it was, it just, th- those brands just exploded. But I mean, I, you know, Hourglass had been around for since 2004. So we reaped the benefits of the, of the cosmetics influencer marketing boom that where people just got really excited to do their makeup because YouTube launched and they, 
YouTube finally taught people how to use your eyeshadow palette, really. It was a really fun time. It was a, such a fun time in beauty. Yeah. And, and talk to me about influencers because you, you've now worked with some pretty major power influencers. I love them. You know, I love people who love beauty, who love makeup. I love people who love things, people who are enthusiasts. Influencers are enthusiasts. Whatever they're talking about, whatever they're, that is fascinating to me. And people who, who are creators and who create things are fascinating to me. Like I said, I like to learn from people. Like watching influencers do their thing and create content each and every day. First of all, it's hard. And the fact that they're able to do that is really remarkable. It is so much work. And I love people who are passionate about beauty. I mean, that's the, the my Venn diagram with most beauty lovers. Like, I love beauty. You love beauty. Great. I love you. <laughs> Let's go. Let's talk about makeup. Great. Let's go. Tell us what other beauty things you've done and what you're, you know, how you got to what you're doing now, which is so exciting. I got a call to, to interview for the general manager of Honest Beauty at the Honest Company. And I was fortunate. I met with with Jessica and with Nick, their CEO, and, and I got that position. And so that was my my next role after after Hourglass. What an incredible brand. I mean, my God, working alongside Jess, like she is, she had such an incredible idea with the Honest Company. And then I thought, what a, you know, with Honest Beauty is that really an opportunity to bring clean beauty to the masses? Because at the time they were, or they still are sold at Target and, and Walgreens and, and just a beautiful brand, an incredible vision and really fun. So when I joined the Honest Company, I met, I think my time there was really what a, what a moment to, to be around incredible people. I'm still friends with my friend who, who she ran the baby side and we worked very closely together and I loved it. And I, but then I kind of missed the, the, just the straight up marketing side. And, and I, and Scott Friedman, who's the CEO of Rare Beauty, he reached out to me and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Rare Beauty seems like once in a lifetime opportunity. So Selena Gomez wanted to create a beauty brand. She had this wonderful idea to break down standards of perfection and beauty, and she needed help bringing this brand to life. I love this woman. I love her passion and her vision for what she wants to do to make a difference in the industry, not just in cosmetics, but beyond with mental health. And I love being creative, as I've mentioned. So so I joined Rare Beauty and it's just been one of my I'm most proudest moments because it's the team. I've never worked in such a collaborative environment. Talk about top down. Like Selena is just such a kind, heartfelt person who wants to make a difference in this world. And she's brought together a team of people who are all like-minded and wanting to do the same thing. So I joined in 2019. The brand launched in September of 2020. So we built Rare Beauty in the pandemic which was quite an experience. It's been a wild ride. Talk about like having to reimagine every single thing that you've done because you can't do it the the typical way because not only are you a startup, but you're a startup in a pandemic. So we did everything from like virtual photo shoots to I don't even know. Everything. It's been it's been wild. But it's been good. And a brand with a mission. I mean, it's interesting that we both ended up at beauty brands with a mission and how important it is for Day's consumer. What are your thoughts about that? Hourglass was cruelty-free luxury beauty and, and committed to making, sort of pushing the boundaries of what cruelty-free means. Honest, obviously, had a mission to help consumers lead happier, healthier lives with clean beauty products. Rare Beauty, Selena, she's been so open and honest about her personal mental health journey. She wanted to do the same thing with Rare Beauty. And that's been really exciting. We have hired a vice president of social impact to help drive 
what that means. We started the Rare Impact Fund. So not only are we sort of creating content and driving community around mental health and destigmatizing mental health, but then we also created this fund to make a, an actionable difference. And seeing how all of that can lift a brand and drive a brand forward, it's been rewarding because we it's not just a marketing thing. Uh, all of our employees are trained as uh, mental health first aiders. We are a stigma-free organization through the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Would you say that's one of your one of the things you're most proud of in your career? Or are there other things you would say that are like things you're very proud of? I'm also proud of my TikTok presence. Yeah, talk about that. It's amazing. Launching so Rare Beauty with Selena has been the most rewarding thing. And I and this to the team, whether it's the uh, my friends from Joyce Kim, Medi Medi, Kim McGee, like we just work so closely together. I, I, they're wonderful people. During the pandemic, I was watching how TikTok was on the rise and I thought, gosh, I need to figure this out. And I was also thinking a lot about the beauty industry and how it's hard to break in and how do we get new voices and new faces in this industry if we continue to interview people that we already know or that people that work for us already know, or work that we work for already know. And it, I wanted to spread the word about the beauty industry and that there are career paths beyond marketing or beyond artistry. I don't think a lot of people know. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to use TikTok to do that. And I don't know how it happened, but I have just cultivated this really amazing community of career-minded people on TikTok. And it's a special place. I loved it. They're great. You're teaching them well. I mean, we did a talk for some of them the other night and the number of LinkedIn requests and thoughtful notes and thank yous. And I know you've been teaching them that. I think mentorship is so important for all of us to do. And it's hard to find the time but it's so rewarding. And I, during the pandemic, I've met with probably a hundred people that 30 minute Zoom sessions and watching the stress just sort of melt helps my God, because a lot of these, whether they're early career or college, there's not a lot of people, they don't have that connection to beauty or someone one-on-one -on -one with whom they can speak. And so to be able to say, okay, let's look at your resume. And I remember that there's one woman who I respect so much. And she said to me, Katie, I, I don't have any beauty experience. I've only worked at Sephora. And I was like, Hold on, time up, like time, time out. What do you, you have worked in beauty? What do you mean you've only worked? And we, and we talked about her for retail experience. And we're like, you have learned brand, you have learned artistry and education, you have learned sales, you have learned retail marketing. And then she attached to her resume a bunch of photos. And I'm like, what are these photos? These are beautiful. And she's like, oh, I'm also just a photographer. I was like, no, you're not just a photographer. You're a photographer. You create social content. Imagine if you take this photography skill plus all of this education and retail marketing and brand marketing that you've learned in your experience. Aura, you're like primed and ready to be on a social marketing team, a retail marketing team on a brand. And so we kind of rewrote her resume. And now I got a note from her the other day and it's been a year. And she said, oh my God, Katie, can I just tell you, you like made such an impact on me and it, could, it brings tears to my eyes. The smallest things can have the biggest impact on someone's career. I think mentorship is so important for all of us to do and it's hard to find the time but it's so rewarding. And I, during the pandemic, I've met with probably a hundred people that 30 minute zoom sessions and watching the stress just sort of melt helps my God, because a lot of these, whether they're early career or college, there's not a lot of people, they don't have that connection to beauty or someone one-on-one -on -one with whom they can speak. And so to be able to say, okay, let's look at your resume. And I remember that there's one woman who I respect so much. And she said to me, Katie, I, I don't have any beauty experience. I've only worked at Sephora. And I was like, hold on, time out. You have worked in beauty. What do you mean? And we talked about her for retail experience. And we're like, you have learned brand. You have learned artistry and education. You have learned sales. You have learned retail marketing. 
And then she attached to her resume a bunch of photos. And I'm like, what are these photos? These are beautiful. And she's like, oh, I'm also just a photographer. I was like, no, you're not just a photographer. You're a photographer. You create social content. Imagine if you take this photography skill, plus all of this education and retail marketing and brand marketing that you've learned in your experience with Aura, you're like primed and ready to be on a social marketing team, a retail marketing team on a brand. And so we kind of rewrote her resume and now I got a note from her the other day and it's been a year and she said, oh my God, Katie, can I just tell you, you like made such an impact on me and it could, it brings tears to my eyes because the smallest things can have the biggest impact on someone's career. It's so true. So is there anything you would do differently if you could start over? No, I don't, not, nothing. Cause you know, even the stuff that I thought maybe was not the right move actually ended up ultimately being the right move because it put me in a certain direction. So what's next for Katie Welch? I don't know. Still doing this. I think it's. Rare Beauty still has so much more to do. We, we just announced that we're launching at Space NK. So I'll be heading over to the UK shortly. I want to continue to mentor people or try to figure out how to get more people into mentoring because it really is, it's a rewarding thing. And, and I think the more we can do, the better. We, we all should be paying it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you. This was so much fun. You don't always get to do a podcast with your buddy. No, you don't. We should do it more. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.